Amen. Man, it's awesome. Everybody's getting delivered from the fear of COVID. Amen. Pastor, why'd you have to say it like that? My son asked me a question this yesterday while I was enjoying some meditating time. He said, Dad, what, what makes you so excited? What are you excited about? And I paused a little bit, and, and, uh, and that's what I want to talk about today. Amen? He asked the right question, and the Lord said, that's what it's about, son. Everything's about life. And you being my representative, my vehicle for which life ebbs from to everyone around you and in your path. Amen. Does anybody want to be impacted by God's kingdom today at work in your life? And let me say it like this. For us to be uh, fulfilled, let me say it like that, it's important that we experience what it is to be like a son of the king. Everyone wants to be fulfilled. And so there's some things we do so that we can experience what it's like to be a son. I'm talking to the ladies too. It's Christ in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Fulfillment. Amen. You're designed to be fulfilled. And so 2,000 years ago, this is an important weekend because something happened 2,000 years ago. It was a special feast time amen, in Israel. And since you're finding out that if you believe on Jesus Christ and you embrace his good news message, you're the Israel of God, Galatians chapter 4. Anybody read Galatians chapter 4? If you hadn't, you might want to read that letter. It'll encourage you on that now, since you believe in him, you become his Israel. Amen. You're not a Jew as one outwardly, but you're one as one inwardly. Amen. And some of you are looking at me like deer in the headlights right now. That's okay because the message today will help you better understand that uh, God wants you to be excited about who he calls you to be. Amen. And that's so valid. Jesus tells the group that's following him up to that point that... Uh, they can't go out yet. It's not time on the Feast of Pentecost. You know, this is the weekend of Feast of Pentecost. And so it's wonderful that I'm being provoked by the Spirit of God to minister this thought. Why wouldn't we go out? That's the question today. That's the message title. Why wouldn't I go out? And Jesus tells his followers as he's, as he's about to go up in the clouds, he says, because um, they're ready to go out. Isn't that beautiful? Can't miss that on the, that's awesome. Come on, that's the way daddy sees us. He tells the group that's following him, he says, uh, I want you to stay in for a little bit. Don't go out yet because you're not ready. I need you to stay in so you get empowered. And when you get empowered, go out. Amen? And so 
what we do here at New Life Fellowship is we gather together, amen, and we don't forsake that, assembling together because we do this to provoke each other to love and good works to go out. Amen. But I don't know about y'all. I like, I like my comfort zone. Anybody like your comfort zone? And that comfort zone is only a mirage. It's an it's a, it's a idea that God didn't give us. Amen. It's an idea that we muse on and we adopt and we begin to believe it, that our comfort zone is where we perceive our comfort zone to be. But that place is not where life flows from. And so God's going to challenge all of us in our idea of our comfort zone. And you know it's on point today because your comfort zone hadn't really worked out well for you. Oh, I get one or two amens. That's okay. That, that silence speaks loud. Amen. It don't produce nothing but the idea that I, I need to be served. It's about me. I know that because I look at the guy in the mirror every day and have to address that cat. That's the goat side of me. It's to help somebody. When, when the Lord found me, he transformed me from a goat to a sheep to follow him for a, a certain amount of time so that I could step into my true identity and become a son. But I have to deal with that old goat every morning. That wants to be the long ranger. Anybody like, you know, the idea of the long ranger? Me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. Anybody ever thought that before? Ever sung that song before? That's not a true song. That's, that's, that, that song don't bring life, it brings death. Because long rangers, he needs Tonto to get him out of trouble all the time. Some of you hadn't seen long ranger before. And so we're at a place, ladies and gentlemen, where the Lord is wanting us to participate in our true identity. But to do that, we're going to have to leave our comfort zone. And we will come together as the body of Christ, amen, and we'll gather so that we can be equipped, we can be encouraged and edified, empowered, so that we can go out. I'm going to read that to you today from the letter in the, the Word of God. And uh, you're going to begin to realize that, oh my goodness, you know, finding a church that I can be a part of is not a true statement, but rather being the church, amen, so that God can find his place of rest in us and from us as the king of his kingdom within us, amen, he can bless everything in our path that we're, as we walk with him. Is that Okay. But I asked you a question, what excites you? What are you excited about? And, and, and just really muse on that because the Lord wants to bring life and vision to your spirit today and help you know that he has a journey for you that will wow you. And, and everybody wants to be a part of the kingdom of God and his anointing. It's one thing to feel God. It's another thing to be filled with God. It's another thing to be anointed by God to be who you're designed to be. And, and that is what the Lord wants to, and it's good news today because 
Maybe you're wondering, man, I've been going to church all my life, and oh, if I'm supposed to be the church? Okay. Or I've been participating in Christianity for quite some time, but man, I, have, I hadn't been fulfilled yet. The Lord wants you to know, hey, relax. He's got you covered, and he's setting us free from darkness and bringing us into marvelous light. I love the way he does that for all of us. Amen? And so, as we follow Christ, there's some things that have to happen, amen, in order for us to step into our sonship. And we need to learn his voice. We need to hear only his voice, know he's with us, and then ultimately, all we ever say is what he says. We, we talk his language. And his language is not King James. His language isn't Christianese. He'll work with it. He works with all kinds of stuff we give him, don't he? But we're in a world right now that don't understand our particular language that we develop in, our fold, in the fold. Amen? They don't get it. Matter of fact, most of them hadn't even read the letter that's been written. Amen? That love story that's written, written by, called in the, in the Bible. And so, children of God... We carry the good news, the original information. What we're, what we're on the journey of is going back to where God originally invested in Adam the truth. We want to be set free from everything that the seed of the tree of knowledge of good and evil has seeded into humanity because it caused our granddaddy, Adam, to fall. It don't bring life. The Lord promised Adam, if you eat this stuff, if you, if you start trying to gather all this information from that tree, you're going to die. And it has, nothing but, it has brought nothing but death. And Jesus comes as the second man, Adam, to defeat death, to defeat hell and the grave. Everything that, amen, death means for you and I. He did that. But Jesus was the truth. He was the Word that was made flesh. And He dwells among us for a season 2,000 years ago in that body so that He could give us a demonstration of what sonship looks like. So that you and I, amen, could take on His Spirit and through His Spirit establish the original truth we were designed to walk in until we only say what he says. We become one with him. And all of a sudden, the media don't have any influence on you. The culture in this world is not running you over and freaking you out because now you have become one with truth that makes you free. Now we're talking about freedom. Now we're talking about identity. And so I asked again the question, why wouldn't we go out? And if you are still intimidated about going out for him, the Lord wants to rectify that today. Can God do that today for you? He don't want you fearful. He don't want you doubting. He don't want you beat up, amen, by anything that this world holds us down by. He wants to bring life and hope to you right now that you can have your best day starting now. Amen. Paul reveals the process of this spiritual development in Romans 8.18. I like the way he writes this letter. He says uh, to, the, 
the believers in Rome. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Anybody going through anything? Broken relationships? Fear of sickness? Fear of financial ruin? Fear of disease? And the the level of fear that operates in our world, it goes to church with us. And so he says, oh, no, he said, God's got a plan for that. For all creation is waiting eagerly right now for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. And somebody will say, well, that's going to happen somewhere off in the future. No, Paul is writing this letter, amen, to them at that point that He's bringing hope to them. He's not talking about futuristic time when we come into our identity. Jesus left them there to be empowered to take on identity. He said, said, the works that I do to those that are following him, greater works you're going to do. And he begins to talk to them about how that the greatest miracles that are about to take place is he's reserved it for those that follow him. This is very important for you because if the principle in the scriptures that by myself, I'm pretty powerful, but the enemy wants me to think that just stay by yourself then since you're so powerful. And you are. As an individual, you're powerful. God designed you that way. But apart from the body, you're not going to live long. You're not going to enjoy the potential that you have until you get connected. One can put a thousand lies to running, but two can put 10,000 lies. Amen? 10,000 demons to running. And three, oh, it's going to be hard to break that one. A threefold cord is not easily broken because there's unity there, and it's more powerful than the enemy can deal with. Did you, anybody ever been rebellious before? This is important for us to catch this. What, what's the sin of rebellion? Witchcraft. So we've all performed witchcraft. Yeah, if you believe anything that's not the truth and you engage in it, in opposition to the truth, and I've done that more than I want to talk about, even serving as a senior leader here. And it took God to take the blinders off of my eyes for me to humble myself, which it took him to do that, and repent. Because the enemy's working over time for me to be his representative, while God is all on point for me to be his representative. So he's limited himself to all the wonderful things he's reserved for you to experience by allowing him to come on board in your heart. Experience him. He won't do it without us. So again, I asked you the question, what are you excited about and why wouldn't we go out? And so we're going to spend just a few moments and just give some points here today that will help you be encouraged to know that we need to go out so that we can discover what it's like to be a son. Amen. Jesus leads us out, amen, so that we don't stay in here. He leads us out there so we don't stay in here. Let's read in John 10 and 2. This is what it says. But 
The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. This is powerful, y'all. Hear me. He calls his own sheep by name. And then he leads them out. The Lord knows your name. And it's not the name your biological mom and dad gave you. He calls you by another name. And it's so powerful that if you ever recognize who he calls you and you agree with him, your potential is eternal. It cannot be taken from you if you agree with him. This is so important for us to get. So why wouldn't I go out? He gives us three key directives that's important for us to note today. Number one, Jesus leads us out. He leads us out there rather than to stay in here. Thank God for the time we spend in here so that we can get equipped and we can be encouraged and we can be edified. But you can stay too long in here. And you can get too comfortable in here. Now, to the guests that are here, this is a message of hope for you as well. Because every one of us is looking for Jesus. We don't want to hear, amen, just talk. We want to see the manifestation of Jesus at work. And you've already picked up the dynamic of his presence in the room when you came. I know you did because we're all made together just like the Lord wanted us to be made he put us together so that we could pick up his spirit when his spirit's hanging out and when his spirit is reaching for us. And he's reaching for everyone in this room on a new level. Everybody's at a different place, but he's calling us up and he's calling us out. And he wants us to follow him so that we can, we can get some knowing, we can get some experiences in him that we can't get any other way. Staying in here and gathering information about who we are is not good enough. He wants to get you out so that you can put it to the test. And you can find out, amen, that as you go out, oh my goodness, he's with us. He's with us. Only the Lord could have done that. Only he could have performed that miracle and caused me to know something Amen. And say it the way I said it, because if I'd have said it any other way, it wouldn't have worked. Only Jesus could do that. And it's when we're following him out of our comfort zones, outside of where we think we will be okay if we stay here, we're better off being challenged and being worked. Amen. And worked out, stretched. Amen. Oh, I know it's painful to stretch sometimes. The older I get, the more I, mm. but it's important I stretch, right? Because it helps me be able to move quicker. I can jump down off of this stage if I'll stretch. I have to step down carefully here shortly. Amen? So God wants to work us out into our, our design. And so what does it look like to be outside 
the flock. We can't experience the kingdom staying in. The kingdom of God manifests outside the flock. Verse 4, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. They follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from the stranger because they don't know his voice. Have y'all been hearing some news and some voices of late that, I mean, you just, it, don't, it don't match what, it, it, something ain't right about it. Anybody heard some news and, amen, heard some conversations and read some stuff that just didn't agree with your inner man? It's like, ugh, that's not good. And you knew that, man, I don't need to be following this stuff. I don't need to be agreeing with this. And, and because our culture is so pro-media and books and articles and, you know, science, and keep in mind, science comes out of God, there's a lot of opinions and a lot of preferences that we're reading and hearing, and it'll pull you into its vortex. And it don't bring life, it don't build relationships, it don't give hope. And when I'm following that voice, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not giving hope. I'm not giving life. I'm not giving good news. And I'm yielding to the fears that all the voices are speaking. Amen? And churches do that. Christianity has done that. This has been a huge season for Christianity to wake up and realize we need to get Jesus right in the middle and the center of our lives and follow him. Amen. So, true sheep follow the shepherd out because they hear and they recognize his voice. Now, I just want to pause for a minute and just make you aware of something that Jesus said. Jesus says in Matthew 25, you'll have to do your homework if you want to read that portion of the letter, that he puts the goats on his left hand and the sheep on his right hand. Now, based on what I've read, I would prefer to be on his right hand. Okay? The goats hear what he says, but they ain't going to do it. The sheep hear it, and they do it. And what he's talking about is they go out. Well, Lord, here's what the goats say. When did you say this, and when did... Amen. We not do this when you didn't do it unto others. And so there's something about the harvest that are white, and he's looking for laborers, and these laborers equal those that follow him. And when we follow him into the harvest, amen, and we begin to touch the lives that God puts in our path, people are hurting. And I know that you have a path you're walking. If you'll just look into the path and quit looking outside of the path you're in, you'll find the ones that God wants you to touch. And when you do it to them, who are you doing it to? And so the goats ask it, when did we not do this to you when you didn't do it to them? When did we not acknowledge it when you didn't acknowledge them? Have you ever done that before because you're too busy? Pastor Lowe, this is not good news. Yes, it is. Hold on. 
Time out, relax. This is not a beat-up session. This is an encouraging session. Because if you pause long enough to take care of what's in your path, not what's outside your path, because this is the temptation that you'll deal with. Our world's hurting. And next thing you know, it's too big. It's too much. Oh, I'm, I'm just getting overwhelmed just looking at all the people messed up in our world. And the Lord is not asking you to look to the right or left. He's, look, he's asking you right in front of you is where I'm at. If you will touch them, you touch me. If you touch me, everything that you need comes back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Well, Pastor Lowe, be careful. I don't want you to interpret that. No, no. When you give mercy, guess what comes back? When you give love, guess what comes When you, that's what he's talking about. Judgment and mercy. When you give judgment and mercy away, it comes back to your house, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You don't have to worry about what's on the table. You don't have to worry about the bills. You don't have to worry about life. Amen. Capital L-I-F-E shows up when you touch him. But we must be willing to go out. Amen. And so I want to be on the right side. But if I let these other voices interfere that's going on in our world because our world's hurting it overwhelms me. But that's not daddy's voice because I know it's not his voice. He, he ain't got no heartburn. He's not taking spiritual rollades right now. He's comfortable being who he is. He's in charge. God is in charge, but he will not control you. You're powerful. He's asking you to take control of your mind, your, mind, your thought life the decisions that you make. He's given you the choice. You choose life or you choose death. And so why wouldn't we go out? And, and in the next few moments, you're going to find out, just even in my life, why I didn't go out as often as I should have went out. Amen? Oh, me. Look, my wife introduced me to one of her best friends as, a, as you know, 15, 16-year-old about uh, four years ago in that range. Her name's Terry, and she's married to Larry. And uh, Larry and Terry decided they want to introduce me to David Mello. And I said, sure. And so, but they're speaking to my wife about them introducing me, and I asked my question, my wife the question because uh, I said, have they told him I'm a pastor? Because I try to encourage everybody, if you're going to introduce me to someone, don't tell him I'm a pastor. A wall comes up. And my wife informed me, said, yeah, they told him you were a pastor. I said, okay. So I got to prepare myself for that wall now. Our world's real, isn't it? And, but she didn't prepare me for what was about to happen. This is so important because in our world, touching Jesus, you might have to face some things you don't want to face. And so I'm already dealing with the wall there because of being a pastor, you know. They're, they're going to put a mask on probably, and then I've got to go through all their ideas of being a good person, and, and I'm wanting them to relax and just be who they are. But this one's different. When I get there, they inform me just before I meet David Mello. 
Now, he may have some language that you're not used to. I said, I've heard some pretty rough language. I'm fine. I said, I don't think you're, he said, but we got him to promise he wouldn't do that. I said, you had to ask him to promise he wouldn't do what? I said, okay, this is interesting. And so David promised, okay, I'll, I'll be a good boy. But when I got into the vehicle and they introduced me to him and I was sitting down in the back, he went off. And it was like it was a triple portion of what they had never experienced before. And I heard a chewing out and got four little words after every four-letter word for a while. And he was making it clear about the way he looked at Christians and preachers. And, and so automatically, I knew he's, this guy's hurting bad. This guy is really hurting. And his past has been scarred by people that maybe had good intentions but they didn't handle him correctly. And he's watching me driving down the road. He's watching me in the rearview mirror and every expression. And I'm just nodding and grinning, taking him away. I mean, he, it was a quite a lengthy introduction. And then uh, and, and, and Larry and Terry's going like, but he promised he wouldn't do that. And my wife is like, okay. <laughs> and so I hung out with him that day. And I just was me. Just hung out with him. And, uh, and what got him was I decided when that happened, I said, okay, Daddy, you're going to have to help me. I don't know what to do with this guy. Right now, I think he's my enemy. But the Lord said, no, I'm in love. Yeah, I care, Daddy, talking to me. Yeah, no, no, I love him. He's special to me. I got plans for him, and I need you to just stay put so that I can work through you. I said, okay. I've never been here in this level before. This is a new level of being introduced and having to deal with something that's really, and you want to call it the devil. That's what you want to call it because your Christianese teaches you that. But it's a man hurting. And yeah, it's been influenced by darkness and all kind of stuff around him, but you don't want to call that the devil when the Lord's calling him something else. And the enemy's at work, okay? So I just hung out with him, and the Lord just had me stay positive, and it was all kind of good news. And I just, when he would say something down or negative, amen, I wasn't competing with him. I just, he would look for a response, and, and it was always an encouragement, always a word. And I, I couldn't, I can't think of that many encouraging things to say. So the Lord helped me. And after we got through being together, he said, uh, can I come by and pick you up in the morning? I'm going like, really? <laughs> okay. Yes. I'll look forward to it. And I get in the vehicle the next morning with him, and he breaks down. And, man, you're talking about, now, y'all going to pick this up here just shortly. If you follow Jesus out, something comes with it. Yeah. Dwayne Lowe, the goat side that's supposed to stay in the grave, he didn't like it. But Dwayne Lowe, the Jesus side, was right where he belonged. And yeah, I hung out with some, man, it was just continual, just continual. And then the Lord gave him this, say this, encourage him here, build him up here. And it was like, by the time of that, I said, Lord, you must get tired too. <laughs> 
and I'm just being obedient and I'm following. I don't know what God's about to do. I know he's going to do something that I can't explain. I'm just there for the journey to watch, to be a part and see what our daddy does. And so the next morning, he breaks. And he, he asked me for, he said, uh, I want to apologize for yesterday. That was out of order. I said, oh, man, it's all good. And I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's like, would you do that again to me? And he, and I mean, he's, he's uh, very emotional at this time, repenting. And he, and he says, look, I, I'm going through some stuff, and I, I don't know what to do. And then he throws, and here, I'm not the Bible answer man, even though the enemy will try to tell you that. You know what I'm talking about? You know, oh, you give him Bible study, and that'll save him. No, I'm not the Bible answer man. I'm just a representative that's powerful when God has control, when he has charge of my life. And, and he's asking questions. If the Lord don't give me some unction, I'm, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to give him wrong answers. But the anointing came in that vehicle. And I mean, you, look, if you will go out, there's some things that begin to happen that can only happen when you're willing to go out. But getting willing to go out requires empowerment. Now, I'm digressing so that we can get through the rest of this message in a few moments here. A good word of hope to everyone here. This story that I've just told you about David Mello, there's multitudes of people that are right where David Mello is. Right where, and, 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 and they need a breath of fresh air. They need life to come to them. And God did something with me and David that bonded us. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I text him this morning. We, 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 every now and then, we just take at specific times, and it's been blowing his mind. He said, dude, he said, I was just talking about you. And the text comes in, and he throws the text back, and he don't know what I'm doing. He may be online right now. The point is, God did something that only God could do in a situation that's not attractive to the goat side of me. It's only attractive to the sonship side. But before I become a son, I must follow as a sheep. Sheep aren't very smart, are they? Sheep will make bad decisions, and they don't even see danger in their decisions. And Jesus is so merciful, he'll run out there and grab them. He'll leave the 99 and go get the one. Put them back in. And in his discourse to, to the, the ones that are hearing him, he says, look, I've got sheep that need to be a part of the fold, my fold. They ain't but, there ain't but one fold, y'all. There's not lots of churches. There's only one church. It's the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, the mother of us all. That's the church. But he says, I need you to come go out with me so that you can find out. And this is what's so powerful. Every one of us have an expression of our Heavenly Father. Every one of us has a different expression than the other one. But it's God can't do what He's going to do without every one of us coming together, amen, and being the unique member of His body that we are. You're unique. And you have an imagination that the enemy wants to shut down. 
And if he can't shut down, he wants to fill that imagination with all kinds of perversions and lies and, and frustrations and darkness. Everybody know what I'm talking about? That imagination was given to you by God so you can imagine God or image God, image the truth. And so he empowers us, and then with our imagination, our ability to become his representative and image the truth, the message of hope. You have a way of expressing God that I don't. The reason you're unique is because you're unique to Daddy. You're special to Daddy. And I know he loves everybody in this world, everybody. He don't look over anybody. And I've, there's all kind of Christianese messages that tell you, oh, yeah, they lost, they'll never make it. They blaspheme God. They're so <laughs> That wears him out because the only thing that he can't forgive is unforgiveness, which shouldn't even be a word. Is anybody tracking? And so God is ready to do something, but your expression is important to him. I'm serving my brothers and sisters right now to get a message today of hope that your expression of the kingdom of God is where you will find the excitement that God wants you to walk in. And this world don't understand the Christian language, but they understand hope. They understand life. They understand the fact that they need to be edified and, and they're looking for answers and they're looking for life and light and not death and darkness. And, and they're, show me Jesus. But for me to get to that level, I, I must walk as a sheep and follow him. He wants the sheep out there. He wants to gather them into the fold. David Miller is one of them. But in my own ability, I never could have reached David Mello. I needed empowerment. I needed a confidence that Daddy was in charge of his house because I'm not a good guy. He's a good God. And he puts up with stuff in his son that, you know, if, if I don't get transparent with you and honest with you, You'll never get honest with him. And until we tell the truth and we're honest with Daddy, he can't give us the truth. He's waiting on us to get honest about where we are so he can pull us out of where we are and put us on the rock. And so he calls us out as sheep so that he can, and this is David's expression, because he was a shepherd. Come on, everybody's been through life. And you can, if you pay attention, you'll find Daddy in your life. And your life becomes an expression of him when you allow him to be Lord of it. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And he's not just talking about little L-O-R-D. He's talking about capital L, Yahweh. And you're not even supposed to, as a Jew, even say that. And here he is. He's describing Yahweh as the shepherd. And we're the sheep. And he leads us beside still waters, green pastures. He teaches us that he's with us as we follow. And when you experience God on the level that you know he's with you, that's why he says hang out at Pentecost 
and get filled with my spirit and fire so you know. And when you know what you can't explain, it's time to go out. And we go out with him so we can experience a knowing. We can, and we know his voice. We, we know that he's with us. He's providing for us. He's keeping us. Also, that we can face, this is very important when you go out, face your greatest fears. Every one of us are dealing with fears. And the fears that we deal with have us self-posturing and self-protecting. Anybody ever protect yourself? Ever get a fuss with your spouse? Ever go off where you're, where you're working at in your business, mad at the employer? No, it's good for us. It's good news. He, he gets us to a place that we know, we know he's with us. I know he's with me. He's provided for me. He's protected me. He's covered me. Man, phew, only God could do this. Now, now you're ready. Now, since you know I'm with you, now some fears I want you to face. It might be disease. It might be a virus. It might be financial ruin. It might be not enough food on the table. It might be relationships that are broken. Whatever it is that you fear, the Lord wants you to face it. And so he leads you through the valley of the shadow of death. So that those fears that you're dealing with become your walking material. And you tread on them because fears only exist in my life because I believe a lie. This is important for us to catch. And so he validates our name. He calls us by name. He calls us out. Then he validates he's with us by providing for us and keeping us. So that once he's given you all the ample reasons to believe that the Lord is with me, now we're going to face the fangs that's been trying to suck the life out of you. All the lies that's been speaking to you and taking away your potential because you should be excited about who I say you are. But I need you to follow me until you face the fears. And once you face your fears and you go through the challenges, I'm going to set a table in the presence of who you think your enemy is. And when you sit down at this table that I prepared in the presence of your enemy, which really isn't your enemy, come on, Jesus did it, y'all. Jesus was our example. He set a table, sat down with the one that betrayed him. Knew it was going to happen. And what, who, what did he call him? His friend. He loved him. Can you? Call the one that you see betraying you your friend. And if you can't, you need to hold out at Pentecost for a little bit longer until you get what you need and get empowered. And you just hang out with Daddy because he's going to lead you straight to the thing you fear the most. Before you get there, you're going to be confident he's with you. And when you get there, he's going to set you down right in the presence of your enemy. 
so you can celebrate what's about to happen. Jesus is celebrating his anointing at the table of the Passover. Uh Uh-huh, he's about to be glorified. And he's sitting right there with his enemy, and he's letting everybody know, y'all get ready because I'm a, this is about to happen. They're all wondering, is it me? Is it me? And he, he, point, he, just, he looks at Judas and says, go do what you do and do it quickly. And afterwards, he, he embraces him and says, friend. And Jesus goes to the place of his anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is encourage you today and know this, that There's a call to action in all of our lives. And everyone is at a unique place in your, this way with God. Every one of us. It's when you're sitting at the table with your enemy that you get anointed. He anoints your head with oil. Go read it. It's right there. It's in your, the thing that you fear the most and you've, you've walked through the valley of shadow of death. You're sitting now at a table where all of a sudden that your enemy is no longer your enemy, they're important, that important to you? Hear me, David Mello was that important to me. I needed what happened to me that day so that I could see my daddy show me who I was. Did I perform the miracle? No, I was the vessel by which the miracle came. I was the, I was the vessel by which the message of hope came. I don't know what to tell him, and he's needing counsel. And all of a sudden, I'm needing the counselor to show up. And guess what? The counselor shows up. And he's giving answers. Ain't no way I can give them. And I'm learning now, oh, that's how Adam did it. He's naming all the animals in the garden. and I thought he was really intelligent. No, his daddy's calling them by name, and he's repeating what he hears. Does anybody want to get so tuned in to who you are that you can only talk his language and say what he says? And every time you open your mouth and you're yielded to his spirit that should be Lord in your life, out of your mouth comes life. Out of your mouth comes the very thing that he's, he's... Limited himself to continue creation because he needs a mouthpiece. The greatest works that God ever intended for the church was for the other sons would be anointed. Greater works you're going to do. He ain't even going to the cross yet. He says, I'm going to fulfill my appointment. I'm going to finish the work that I've come to do. And then... I'm going to finish the work of my purpose through you. And it's that the goats get transformed into sheep, and the sheep follow him until they become sons. And they become one, even as me and my father are one. We become one. And when you become one with him, you're not following no more. Point number three. Something follows you. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall abide in the house of the Lord forever. What's the house of the Lord now? It's the kingdom of God. And as his body, 
He's sitting up on his throne. And we get to sit in his throne with him and give mercy and forgive. Isn't it interesting that he teaches his followers, forgive us, Lord, even as we forgive those who trespass against us. This is a word for several of you here today. There's some things that's going on in your life that you don't like about yourself, and you've been beating yourself over it long enough. Talking to several of you here. And because you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive your brother. Hear me. If you want to give over, get over the flesh problem that you're having right now, release your brother. And the pride issue, the lust issue, that you're wanting to get out of your life, it will dissipate. Until you can look at your enemy and release them, you can't be released. Forgive us as we forgive others. Jesus forgave them for they knew not what they were doing. This happened to me, and this will help you. I had justified holding some offenses in my life because I didn't do anything wrong. Man, my God, I've been doing everything I can to be right with God. And, and here I am, I'm getting beat up and taken advantage of. Them. And I'm thinking because I got a Bible study to protect the reason I'm offended, that the Lord's on my side. This really happened. But in my living room, on my face, saying, Lord, I don't know what's wrong. And he, God's still blessing everybody that's reaching for him. And New Life is doing this thing, but the pastor, the senior leader, is on the bottom. Not Maybe some knew, but most didn't. And I don't know what to do with this offense I've got because it's messed up, it's wrong, it just shouldn't be happening, bless God. And... I'm having goat issues in my life. The goat's coming out of the grave. But when I got honest with God and I told the Lord, I don't know what to do with this. I'm, I'm, I'm at my road's end. And got honest with him. He met me there. He said, let me show you something, son. And he, <laughs> interesting enough, it's so funny, he used the King James language to talk to me. And I saw a vision of him. Some of you have heard me say this before. In my vision, he was totally mutilated. I mean, his face was disfigured. And all I saw was his face from the neck up. And he was breathing heavy. And he couldn't hardly catch his breath. But he was so focused on me. I mean, he, was, he saw me 2,000. He saw you 2,000 years ago. What he went through, he could see you. He's into the detail. It's, it's mind-blowing. He showed me how important I was because he wasn't even considering the fact that he couldn't breathe and he's been disfigured and he's, he's about to give up the, the spirit. And he talks directly to my spirit and I can see it. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And when I heard him speak that to me, it was like a butterfly out of a cocoon. I was set free because in my thinking, the enemy convinced me they knew exactly what they were doing. Anybody ever thought that your enemy knows exactly what they're doing? 
I mean, I just got slapped, and I mean, I can feel the sting still. And they don't know what, anytime you've been harmed and beat up by someone, it's because ignorance is in play. They don't know what they're doing, and that's not who they are. I was able to get up and write letters, put gifts in those letters. And one of them, at the right time in my life, got a hold of me and said, look, I just want to repent to you. I don't know what in the world I was thinking. I lost my mind, but I got, got gone crazy. He said, man, I, w- I shouldn't have never, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> and, and this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, tell him everything was on point. I said, I said uh, the Lord's telling me to tell you that I needed that in my life and you were important for me and that you weren't my enemy. You were really being my friend. The goat inside of me can't say that. But the Jesus, the name that I was baptized in, the true identity that was called over me when I went down in that watery grave. I'm excited about the next level of sonship in my life right now. I'm excited about life coming in new levels right now. Why wouldn't we go out? Thank God that we can be provoked to good works here today to love but I hear daddy's calling what is the call of action for you where are you at do you need to hang out amen in the spirit until the breath of life comes in and you get empowerment to be able to go out or are you already empowered to go out and you just hadn't went out yet because your idea of church is going to a building Or maybe you're following Jesus and you haven't yet faced some fears yet. And the Lord's saying, trust me. Maybe you're at that place right now. Trust me. If you're in the building still, remember this. If you're ever going to get to a table, and some of you look at small groups, man, I'm scared to death of small groups because there's people there. That's where you'll find Jesus. But man, my God, you don't know some of them people in that small group that he's telling me to go to. They're my enemy. Maybe it's that equip class. (laughs) All for the purpose of you facing your greatest fear so you can sit down at the table in the presence of your enemy. Who's going to be at that table? Jesus is. And when you get a vision of who they really are, anointing. And every day you walk from that point forward, come on, you maybe the goodness and mercy is following you now because you're finally in your true identity. Could we stand? Thank you, Lord, for this word today of encouragement to great anointed people. You're talking to everyone in this building. And this message on time, on this great season of the Feast of Pentecost. Ah, what a wonderful starting point to get what we need, Lord, so that we can go out. The fields are white unto harvest, but where are the laborers? Where's my sons at? I've got sheep that I need to gather. 
But I've limited myself to you being my representative and my vehicle. Lord, I'm asking you to let the wind blow in the spirit right now. The fire is in the room. Let that fire fall. Let us get to a place where we, it don't matter who's in front or behind or beside us, Lord. What matters is you're the focus. I'm giving you complete liberty to take over your house, to make me your mouthpiece, the platform by which you begin to demonstrate your love for our world. Thank you, Lord, for helping me right now. I'm ready to go out with you, Lord.